Hello and welcome to the Southampton audio programme for today's game against Swansea City. In today's issue, we have a word from your CEO, Phil Parsons. Of course, a word from your manager, including a feature interview. And a look over your opposition. Dear Saints fans, welcome back to St Mary's for today's Skybet Championship game against Swansea City. I hope you all enjoyed a great Christmas celebrating with friends and family. That's what it's all about. Boxing Day, however, has always been about football in my life, and this is always a special day on the calendar. For me, welcoming Swansea to St Mary's makes it even more special. It's been a long time coming as the last championship team for us to face this season, but it's exciting to come up against my former club, which holds a lot of special memories for me, many of the staff here and our families. I look forward to seeing so many old friends and the travelling Swans fans who were always so supportive of us throughout our two years there. Writing these notes ahead of Saturday's trip to QPR, our most recent game was the 4-0 home win over Blackburn. It was a really satisfying performance and result, and the sort of scoreline we threatened a few times in previous matches this season. I think it was reflective of the game. Even before the red card, I thought we were really dominant against a team who usually like to have a lot of the ball. I don't think it was their intention to come here and sit deep, conceding a lot of possession, but our energy with the ball and the relentlessness of our pressing pushed them back. The timing of the first goal really helped us, just before half-time, and I felt that we should have been ahead before that on the balance of play and the chances that we'd created. I was pleased for Samadozi, scoring a second goal in two games. He's had a period out of the starting lineup, but came on and made an impact against Coventry and got his reward with a start against Blackburn. He took his chance, and that's all you can ask from any player to be ready to perform when they have the opportunity. Another example of that is Joe Rebo. Joe had not started a game for three months and then completed three 90 minutes in a week. That's an incredible effort and a testament to the work he's been putting in at the training ground, away from the public eye. He's been outstanding and deserves to keep his place. I've said this many times before, but we need the whole squad more than ever at this time of year and it's brilliant to see people stepping up and taking their chance when called upon. It's an essential ingredient of any successful team. It's five home wins in a row now, with the clean sheets in the last three of those which is another sign of progress. We've worked hard to make St Mary's a tough place to come and I hope you're enjoying the identity of your team and what you're seeing on the pitch. I know the players are loving playing here this season. We march on. And now a message from your CEO, Phil Parsons. Dear supporters, I hope you've all had a relaxing festive period and managed to spend time with family and friends amongst the fixtures that are crammed into such a short period of time. This time of year naturally lends itself to reflection, but also gives us an opportunity to look forward with positivity to what is ahead. Despite a number of challenges over the last 12 months, we've taken massive strides both on and off the pitch, with players, colleagues and supporters showing resilience and commitment to help the club return to the Premier League. Together, we've faced setbacks and celebrated victories, and your support has been a constant source of strength and inspiration for us all. Personally, it has been a whirlwind six months since I arrived at the club and I am delighted with the progress we've made in that time as we adapted and came to terms with life in the Championship. The large turnover of players in the summer meant we had a virtually new team come September 1st and I echo Russell's comments that the four of four defeats in a month may prove, in hindsight, to be a positive as it allowed us to learn a lot about each other and gel as a group. Across the club, we had to quickly shift into a new way of thinking, which has seen us adopt a new mindset to become more proactive and willing to take risks to try new things in our pursuit of pushing the club forward. 
we responded to the fan feedback and begun the process of installing Wi-Fi at St. Mary's, which will enhance our connection with fans on match days. We've also committed to improving the matchday experience in other areas, including introducing safe standing, which we'll be sharing more details about in the new year. Elsewhere, we've made great progress by innovating in the ways in which we connect with our supporters digitally, with a new website, new app and new video streaming service, Saints Play, all launching in recent months to help bring you closer to what goes on behind the scenes at the club. On the pitch, both our men's first team and women's first team have showcased exceptional performances this season, with the men's team on a fantastic 14-game unbeaten run at the time of writing, and our women's team positioned strongly in the league, having also pushed Arsenal all the way in their recent Conti Cup clash. In the new year, myself, Russell, Jason and our owners, Sport Republic, will all be trying to keep the squad as stable as possible to keep the momentum going in the right direction. We will continue to make sure the club is financially safe and won't gamble the future of the club by spending over the odds on players, especially given the constraints of financial fair play. Thankfully, our squad is strong and a mix of experienced heads and young talent means we're in a good position. It's so important that the players we have here all want to be here and are committed to playing and fighting for Southampton. Looking further ahead, I believe 2024 holds exciting possibilities for us all. We're committed to building our achievements and striving for promotion to the Premier League and Women's Super League. Our continued support will be vital in helping us get there and I know how much your support means to our players, especially here at St Mary's. Thank you for your amazing support in 2023. Here's to many more incredible moments together in 2024. It's the halfway point in the Championship season and there is only one team left for Russell Martin Southampton to face, Swansea City. It's clear the boss still holds his former club in highest regards and still believes his current one can achieve an immediate return to the Premier League in 2024. Midway through his first season as Southampton manager, measuring Russell Martin's impact purely on Saints' on-pitch performance would only be telling half of the story. There's what people see, the results, the style of play, the signings, the substitutions and the media interviews and what people don't. These days, the industry's leading sports club employ hundreds of staff from specialist coaches, performance analysts and medical experts to accountants, marketeers and IT technicians. Yet nobody sets the tone for the whole business quite like the manager of a football team. They are the figurehead. Martin arrived through a summer of significant upheaval. Saints had just been relegated after 11 successive seasons in the top flight. Players wanted to leave, staff lost their jobs. The books had to be balanced. Morale was low. Despite all that, the expectation, inside and outside of the club, was for an immediate return. I think I had an understanding of how big the club is before I came, and the expectation. I knew how that would be, the manager says. Having just been relegated from the Premier League and been in the Premier League for so long with some of the players we have here, I understand that. Even by the time the action kicked off, with all eyes on Martin Saints on the opening night of the English League season, a raft of players remained whose futures were undecided. Since then, not only has Martin got his side ticking along nicely in an entirely redefined style of play, 14 matches unbeaten and averaging nearly two points a game, typically the rate required for automatic promotion, but he's also put smiles on faces on the pitch, in the stands, in the offices. As significant as the changes on the pitch have been, the transformation in the culture has also been there. Never has a Saints boss poured more hours into building relationships behind the scenes, into creating a sense of unity that runs through every arm of an organisation made up of so many moving parts. His biggest surprise, he reflects, was nothing to do with the football. 
without being disrespectful to any of the previous regimes, because I thought Ralph Hasenhutl did so much brilliant work here, and obviously Nathan Jones and Ruben Sellers didn't have a huge amount of time to implement anything really, but I was surprised by how fractured the club was, he admits. How much fear and anxiety there was, which comes with any relegation, but in terms of the backroom staff, they see people losing their jobs, they're worried about their own jobs, but... I was really surprised by the lack of spirit and togetherness amongst the club. That did surprise me a little bit. That's not totally a criticism. I understand it, but what happens when you have that is people tend to go into a self-preservation mode a little bit. And because you don't want to put yourself out there, you don't feel safe enough to be vulnerable or to be yourself sometimes. You can't be the best version of yourself. Martin was a man on a mission, not just to win football matches. I think it's really important to treat everyone in the same way, whether you are the star striker or the cleaner, he says. I just think everyone's part of the journey and I want everyone to feel connected to the team, to feel like they're important because they are. I think the more people you have who feel connected to the team, who feel they belong and are part of something, the stronger we'll be together. Also, the way they interact with the players. I want people to feel like they're part of the team and the players want that. There are so many different departments, but the whole club is built around the first team and being successful, so then everyone needs to play their part in that. To feel valued, to feel like you belong, and hopefully people feel like that when they come into the building. On the pitch, Saints started well, taking 10 points from the first four games. That was supposed to be the hardest part of the season, safely navigated. But Martin did not seem entirely convinced. In three of those games, Saints had scored late goals to salvage a result. And on match day four, a 2-1 home win over QPR, the boss made it clear he was far from satisfied. The mentality when we score is nowhere near good enough, he said after the game. We need to address that. It's ridiculous. We were not happy at all at half-time. Perhaps he felt results were flattering Saints, and the closure of the transfer window sparked a sharp downturn in fortunes, as Martin's men lost four in a row. Still, the team's only league defeats at the campaign to date. The manager points to too much uncertainty at that time. The prospect of players moving on was a distraction, mines were unconsciously elsewhere, and a serious injury to club captain Jack Stevens left Saints short of natural leadership to guide them through it. Two of those losses in back-to-back home games against Leicester and Ipswich added to the remarkable runs of both teams that have them 13 and 10 points ahead of the Spinks, respectively. Despite Saints posting traditionally promotion-worthy form themselves. I think that's probably the only frustration. And it's a bit of an anomaly this season with the two strongest starts ever in a championship season, Martin points out. Whilst we went and lost those four games, we really paid a prize for that. We probably wouldn't have had in any other season because Leicester and Ipswich went and won. I think it's such a long season. You can never write anything off in football. We will focus on ourselves and concentrate on ourselves. Ultimately, that's all we can do. Martin's system takes time to master at the best of times, but Saints had been schooled for years in how to play against the ball, so his possession-heavy approach was always going to encounter teething problems. History suggests his team's improve in the second half of the season, so it's not unrealistic to share the boss's belief that Saints can bridge the gap to the top two. In each of the three full seasons as a manager, Martin has taken at least 52% of his points in the second half of the campaign, suggesting Saints stand a good chance of finishing in the 90s. Not since 1998 has a team finished with 90 points and not won promotion from the championship. I think any team I've had in my four seasons as manager, the second half of the season's always been stronger because of the learning that takes place in the first six months, he explains. 
They get into a flow, and I feel that's when the boys are in a flow now. They're playing without thinking. It's instinct rather than having to really think about what they're doing. There will be some changes, there will be some bumps in the road, but hopefully we'll continue to learn together and grow together. And I'm really excited about what they can achieve in the second half of the season. I think it's going to be a really brilliant journey. The first game in Saints' second batch of 23 pits, Martin against his former club for the first time, the last of the championship opponents yet to be faced. When asked how the occasion will feel, he takes a long, thoughtful pause. I don't know until we play it, is the honest answer. It'll be really weird. There's been a lot of change as well, but ultimately there's still people there and players there who I'll be grateful to forever for what they gave to us. Amazing to work with, brilliant human beings. I loved what we had there in terms of a connection to them, the connection with the supporters towards the end, as well, you know, the people that worked at the club. It's a really special place to live because everyone supports Swansea when you live there. My family felt such a big part of it. I've not got a bad word to say about the club. The people there day to day and the supporters were really brilliant with us. So I guess that adds something else to the fixture. But how I feel about it, I don't know. Ultimately, I want to win. Martin is humble enough to look back and describe his appointment as underwhelming in the eyes of Saints fans. But seems pleased with how that relationship has blossomed. And the strides his players have made in adapting to his new approach. It's been busy. It's flown by, but I am enjoying it, he reflects. I'm really proud of what the team are giving us now, how far they've come, how much they've grown together. I really enjoy the feeling around the club. I really enjoy coming into work every day, and we're winning a lot now as well, which ultimately is the job I'm here to do. The progress the team has made on the pitch and offered as well, with the way they treat each other, the way they train, the way they work, the way they interact with the staff, it's been huge. I've loved watching this team grow and the people grow. Some of the stuff we're doing on the pitch now, I'm incredibly proud of them and grateful to them for what they've given to us. The identity of the team is strong, really clear and improving all the time. I think there's so much growth to that as well. I feel the connection with the supporters is so different to when we first came in the building, which I've said to the players. They should never underestimate that, what they've done to build that and to the supporters as well. I'm excited about what we can keep doing, keep growing and keep building. We've come a long way in a short space of time and it's flown by. There's room for improvement for sure and I think we'll continue to do that but I'm loving it. It would not be Russell Martin if he was just proud of the upturning mood around the whole club as he is of holding the longest current and beat at running English football. To see the togetherness now, the spirit now between the staff when you guys, the media, come up to Staplewood. People from the foundation, the player care team are amazing. The people in the kitchen, he says, trying not to leave anybody out. I've been nagging everyone, but they've been fantastic in the way they've accepted us. And I'm really starting to see them, hopefully, enjoying themselves and feel part of something. We need to continue doing that because it's been a real pleasure to be a part of. We asked opposition expert Tom Coleman, sports writer for the Wales Online, to preview today's game from the visitors' point of view. What's the latest on Swansea's search for a new manager? Good question. Hopefully by the time this goes to print we'll have it all solved because right now the search has descended into a bit of a mess. Chris Davis, who was in the running for the role last summer before the appointment of Michael Duff, was the preferred candidate to take over. The club seemed very confident they could get him to. However, he seemingly now decided to stay on in his current role as assistant to Ange Postacoglu at Spurs. Other names have been mentioned as possibilities since. 
Funnily enough, one of the names has been Luke Williams, who briefly worked under Russell Martin here. For now, Alan Sheehan is the man in the dugout. He's done a reasonably decent job given the circumstances, and clearly has the respect of the players. Interestingly, he hasn't ruled himself out of the running. Whether he's really ready to step up and be a number one is perhaps another question. Why didn't it work out for Michael Duff, who lasted only 21 games in charge? Ultimately, it just didn't feel like a very good fit. Under Martin, it was easy to see what sort of philosophy he was trying to implement. There were defined parameters around Martin's side, and I think that made it easy to buy into. I certainly think that was one of the reasons he survived that run of three wins in 21 games. With Duff, it was just too difficult to decipher what it was really supposed to look like. There were high points, of course. The run of four straight wins made it feel like they'd turned a corner after what was their worst start to a league season in 32 years. However, performances soon started to drift again, and I don't think anyone was really surprised to see him dismissed. How would you rate Russell Martin's two-year tenure in South Wales, and how is he viewed by Swan fans now? I think it's probably fair to say that he's probably remembered pretty fondly on the whole. He implemented a style of football that many fans believe was the way the Swansea way was, and fans clearly took notice of the fact he did genuinely seem to care about the club. Behind the scenes, he was hugely popular. Everyone was desperate for him to succeed here, and I do wonder what might have been possible had he received just a little bit more backing in the transfer market. At times, it felt like Swansea were maybe two or three quality players away from really elbowing their way into the top six reckoning. There were difficult times too, obviously, but becoming the first manager to do the league double over Cardiff and then do it again the following season is always going to earn you a fair amount of affection in these parts. How have Swansea's performances on the pitch been recently, and who were the players to watch? It's a funny one, really. They were sluggish against Rotherham and Stoke, yet came away with four points. They then produced a much better performance at home to Middlesbrough, but ended up losing 2-1. Swansea have curiously been much better on the road. At the time of writing, only two of their six wins have come at home. In terms of players to watch, the obvious one is Matt Grimes, who I think is one of the best passers of the ball in the division right now. If Swansea win, it's usually because he's played well. Charlie Patino, on loan from Arsenal, is also potentially a player to watch. He's only 20 years old, but his close control and the quality of his delivery is exceptional. So much so, he's already been linked with a big money move to Serie A. At the back, I'm a big fan of Bashir Humphreys. He's not the best in the air, but he's really impressive with the ball at his feet. The way he reads things out of possession is also very good. He's had bad games, but given his lack of experience, that's probably inevitable. Martin would have probably loved him. And finally, how do you see the game going? Realistically, I think the Swans would view a draw as a good result. Southampton are on a really good run of form at the moment, and it looks like they're starting to finally click. They'll undoubtedly be favourites, so I'll be optimistic and go for a 1-1 draw.